0: Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Jordan. My guest today is Jessie Lanza. She's an electronic singer-songwriter from Canada, Hamilton to be exact. She has a new album out July 24th called All The Time. Pitchfork named the album one of the most anticipated releases of summer 2020. The list also includes Drake, Lana Del Rey, Bob Dylan, and Janet Jackson. So say what you want about articles like that. It's a pretty good company to be in. After this interview, I encourage you to go to Jesse's YouTube channel and watch the videos for Face and Lickin' Heaven, which are the first two singles from this album. They're great, and they will give you a sense of Jesse's audio and visual styles. So here it is, my interview with Jesse Lanza.
1: for making the time to yeah
0: absolutely yeah. absolutely i'm I'm a fan and I I, I watched the the uh lick in heaven and, and face videos when this interview first became a possibility and I gotta say lick in heaven has like entered my YouTube cycle you know where it's like okay. so you have the new album coming out tell me about putting it together
1: Yeah, it was a long process putting it together. I started writing it in 2017. Uh, So it's, yeah, I worked on it for a long time. And between New York City and Hamilton, Canada, where I'm from. so. Home
0: of the Tiger Cats. What's that? Home of the Tiger Cats, the Hamilton Tiger Cats.
1: Yeah, Mm Oski Wee Wee. Mm -hmm. Is there? I don't know if you know that the chant, but
0: that's no. Oh, yeah, you took it. You took it to another level. Anyway, sidetrack. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Explaining that. Yeah.
1: Been hearing the Tiger Cats. Uh, I don't really like. Are you a football? Are you a CFL fan?
0: I'm an NFL football fan. Okay. But I, I'm I'm aware of the CFL. Okay. (laughs) Mm.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. What were we talking about? yeah putting together the record so i i wrote it when i was moving to to new york but i was still back and forth to canada quite a bit and then uh jeremy greenspan who like was co-wrote and co-produced it and and mixed the record he uh he lives in hamilton so i was going, driving back and forth a lot actually from new york to hamilton
0: so you've worked with with jeremy greenspan from junior boys um this is the second or third album you've worked on
1: The third one. The third
0: one. So how would you describe your creative relationship? What do you, what do you get out of working with him? He,
1: I mean, we both really love gear and I think we're both very like inspired by equipment that we bring into our collections. And so, yeah, that's always like a really exciting thing for us to talk about and like figure out together and like. And we both love working with samples and just kind of experimenting and learning how to use new stuff that we've acquired so we always have a lot of fun doing that learning new equipment and experimenting with new equipment and like different plugins and effects and all that kind of stuff
0: yeah i this is kind of a music nerd podcast so i can get into some gear talk (laughs) Um, do you have Great. a fa- do, do you have a favorite sampler or synth or or what's your kind of go to gear?
1: Yeah, I have uh, an MPC um, two thousand that was fun until the flash reader that I was using to like I had to buy like a separate like SCSI drive. Then Jeremy lent me his um, Pioneer made like that Toraz sampler that I had a lot of fun using. And that thing is like pretty amazing. You can like do all kinds of things on the fly with it. And it's got the step sequencer. So when the MPC, the SCSI drive stopped working, I moved to that and that, that thing's been really fun. I would never use it live, but in the studio it's been really
0: great. You know, you say SCSI drive. I've always thought it was SCSI with a Z sound. And oh, yeah. it sounds cooler, <laughs> but I guess, you know, after all these years, I, I was pronouncing it wrong the whole time. No, I don't um,
1: mean like S. Yeah, S. C. S. I. Yep, whatever. Yeah, think they're both we are
0: both fine. <laughs> yeah. When you so it's been four years since you came out with Oh No. Oh No was such a a big album for you. It got great critical acclaim. It was a finalist for the Polaris Music Prize. All this sort of stuff. So, did you feel like, man, I really have to, you know, do something special for the next one? What was your mental approach to creating this new album?
1: Yeah, I was in a pretty weird mental state for creating all the time because I, like you said, like after Oh No, it was, I had a lot of, it, it went over really well and I had a lot of shows and a lot of tours and I think I I burnt myself out a bit um, touring after Oh No and uh yeah, so when I was writing all the time, I just, like, really wanted to make sure that I wasn't just, like, putting out an album, like, just because, you know? I really wanted to feel good about it and feel like I um, had purpose to it. So, so yeah, I just was, like, thinking a lot about the songs, and I wanted to get it right, so I think that that's why it took um, a, little,
0: a little bit longer. Well, people talk about how you're not just creating songs, you're creating soundscapes and there's all these different... Un- and one thing I love about your music is that there's things that just come out of nowhere that seem unexpected. That's one thing that I really enjoy enjoy about your music is you're listening to it and you think it's going one way and then it goes a completely different way. Or there's a weird like piano sound that comes out of nowhere. So how obsessive are you in terms of getting the track perfect? Do you have that kind of, that Dr. Dre, Brian Wilson stress over every single little detail kind of approach to it
1: yeah we definitely like spent a really long time mixing the record like jeremy had built a studio in hamilton like pretty much from the ground up like making the perfect control room like acoustically treated every like he just took a lot of time to make the room sound perfect and that's where we mix mixed all the time was at his studio in Hamilton in this like new studio that he really like put everything into getting just right so it's really nice to hear that like you all those little bits and like kind of weird burpy
0: squirty, mm-hmm.
1: sounds,
0: so that are, like, squirty all the sounds yeah, oh, yeah lovely <laughs> lovely
1: really poured over those burpy sounds to like get them just right but it's nice to hear that um that yeah you listen for that on the record
0: you Study jazz, correct?
1: Yeah, I went to school. um, I went to Concordia University for um, jazz piano performance.
0: What, from that experience, from being a classically trained jazz pianist, do you bring to your electronic um, experimental soundscape songwriting?
1: Yeah, I think the ability to, like, listen was really just a huge learning experience and like one that I'm like always still working on just like just learning how to like figure out songs and like what kind of instruments people are using and like the instrumentation and just like really being able to pick apart music and like learn the chord progressions and that was something that like was really stressed upon in when I went to school um, because such a huge part of Going to school for jazz is like learning is learning how to transcribe, like writing out solos, picking out solos that you love, learning them, writing them out. Um, so yeah, the ability to listen was really my biggest
0: takeaway. And you didn't release your debut album until you were well into your twenties. So yeah. what? So what did what did that? What did you do in that time period between finishing school and becoming a an actual Recording artist.
1: I yeah I did a lot of stuff. I well I, I started a master's degree in musicology and that went nowhere really. I dropped out pretty quickly just I couldn't. It, yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't working out. So I uh, I did that for a bit. I was a server for a while. Um, I taught piano lessons for a long time.
0: Like little kid piano lessons. Yeah, yeah. Was, and, it, was and it adorable I, or frustrating?
1: Both. Mm. Definitely both. Mm. <laughs> so I, I miss it a lot. Um, but it was definitely, yeah, when you're, like, teaching a lot. Like, I worked at, like, a school. So the kids would come, like, from, like, 3.30 to 9 p.m. So I would just have kids, like, every half an hour. And, uh, yeah, some some kids really wanted to be there and others obviously didn't, you know, so.
0: Definitely. But.
1: Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And then during that time, I was always working on my own music and just trying to like, yeah, trying to figure that out. But it took it took a long time.
0: Now, you've kind of got this soprano voice, this it's higher. You use it as kind of an, it, to yeah. me, it's, it's like using it as an instrument, because most of your songs aren't simply there is verses and choruses, but it's not as simple as not like you're not doing like Diane Warren ballads or something like, I feel like you use your voice as an instrument. So tell me about how you've been able to use your voice, where it came from and how you've been able to manipulate it to get the sounds that you want.
1: Yeah, just experimenting, really like uh, exploring different different plugins and, like, different ways to process my vocal. It's, like, it really has just been, like, trial and error and also being lucky that I have my own studio, my own place to, like, work. I, like, experimented a lot with, like, different, like, preamps and microphones, and that that's still, like, I still haven't found... I, I really struggle with being able to... Because I sing pretty quietly in a live scenario that can be really, like tricky to like have a really nice vocal but not have things like feedback and so yeah it's it's really I guess trial and error is the best way to describe it. Just experimenting with stuff. But um yeah I don't know. It was a very convoluted answer. But I, I don't know. It's all it's always a work in progress. Well it's kind of
0: a it's kind of a goofy question. So all no. good. All good. In previous interviews you when you talk you know the obvious thing to ask about influences and and you've talked a lot about Missy Elliott and in interviews and stuff. What what about Missy Elliott, you know, inspires you, for lack of a better term?
1: Yeah, she's just like so unconventional, like such a pioneer. And I really like, it was really great to be a young girl and look at somebody who, you know, she wasn't just the singer, she wasn't just the rapper, but she was also the producer. And it just sounded and looked so much different than anything else um at that time and also knowing that she was like she wasn't just sitting in the background she was like sitting in like the big chair you know that really resonated
0: and, and also she is big into visuals and music videos and interesting costumes and looks and, and and things like that and you have some really cool you do a lot of cool stuff with lights and light shows, and I love even, we have like one of your, your press photos, you have this this ethereal light coming out of a dumpster. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so visually, where does your inspiration come from? Where do you draw the inspiration for all your music videos and, and, and photos?
1: Yeah, a huge part of the music videos and like the whole aesthetic with the all the time, especially is Winston Case, who does all my music videos. And so, yeah, we like, we made the last video that we made for um, my last single face, like we weren't expecting to be in quarantine. Like we were just thinking like, how are we going to make this music video? If it's just the two of us. And so we just went on Amazon and like ordered a lot of these like little at home DJ light <laughs> setups and just like figured out how to like program them. And so, yeah, Winston's really been a huge part of the the whole visual language for the the new record and the press photos and all that because we've done it all here like right outside this little treehouse basically
0: Pitchfork has has listed your new album as one of the most anticipated releases of the summer which is kind of a weird thing to talk about because it's not a good review it's just saying hey we're looking forward to what you have to offer Yeah um but you have the you, I mean you deserve it you you earned it because uh, especially from the success of Oh No how do you feel about being a quote unquote critical darling?
1: I mean, it's great. It's great to be. I mean, I'm always like, there's just so much music. There's so many people making music and artists like trying to, you know, peek out of the <laughs> the pool of like there's so much. So just to be to be noticed and like that people are and people have so much going on right now, like totally overwhelmed by everything. So to be featured in that way, is just like a huge, a huge compliment.
0: What and does I, it mean to be a Canadian musician? What is the Canadian, <laughs> what is the Canadian music heritage? Because it's all over the place.
1: Yeah. I mean, I always think that Canada has a habit of like overlooking what, is so great about I mean there's a lot of it like one of my favorite musicians, Carolise Coverdale, is like she's like just makes this like really strange, really experimental music that's like all based she takes like one sample and like resamples it in like hundreds of different ways to create these like sonic textures and like landscapes and like, you know, she, she's from the same town that I'm from. She's from Hamilton as well. Um, yeah. Hamilton gets, I don't, not Hamilton, but Canadian music, it gets really overwhelmed by this, like kind of tragically hip, um, kind of folk rock. Bare naked ladies. What, yeah. Bare naked, exactly. Joke folk. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that band Corky and the juice pigs. They're also Canadian. I,
0: I'm not, I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar. Um <laughs> it's just like so many. But it's, but, Canadian, but it's also, it's funny because earlier, you know, I think of Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, but they integrated yeah. so heavily into that California Laurel Canyon sound that I don't think of them as quote unquote Canadian. So is there even such thing as a Canadian sound?
1: Yeah, if there is one, I don't like it very much. Yeah, but but there are so many, like you just pointed out, there's so many great Canadian um, musicians. But yeah, I think, I hope that that's changing.
0: So circling back to something more positive. Sure, yeah. (laughs) uh, the, The album's coming out soon. We've heard Look in Heaven. We've heard Face. What can people expect for the rest of the album? How do you view it as a whole piece of work?
1: Uh, yeah, my next single is coming out on July 9th, actually. We have a new song. Well, it's out. out right now
0: because this podcast is coming out after July 9th. So it's already out.
1: Oh, is it? It's out now. Okay, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's really an album that it's like I was working through a lot of growing pains, like moving from Hamilton to New York. And like you said, you moved from Missouri to New York. It's like, I'm not sure what what your life was like in Missouri, but I'm assuming maybe you had like more space, maybe things were a little bit more comfortable. Um, (laughs) maybe quieter, quiet. Yeah. Quieter. Like, you know, I, but I just, I had lived in Hamilton basically my whole life, except for, um, when I went to university to, to study, um, But yeah, I really needed a change. And once I got that change, I realized I was still feeling pretty similar to how I was feeling before, like kind of depressed, still having like relationship problems. And I think when I first started working on the album, I really realized that like, it was time for me to take notice of like, the problems might not be like the other people or where I'm living. It probably has a lot more to do with me. I <laughs> needed to like kind of get a little more self-awareness and reflect on like what was going on. Why am I pissed off all the time? Why why am I why do I feel like an angry person and so all the time is really exploring a lot of those feelings?
0: What did moving to New York do to your creative process? To me, New York there's there's more tension here there's a little bit more, there's like a layer of anxiety, even if things are going well, that it just happens when you're living in New York. So how did that affect your, the music you make?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a really hard transition because when I was in Hamilton, I had like, I had a vocal booth. I had my own really private studio and then moving to New York, my studio became like the really tiny room in in my apartment. But so but I think that that really forced me to, like, I had to plan my day out. Like, I had to get stuff done before my neighbor got home at 5 p.m. Because once he was home, I didn't want to be, like, bothering him with, you know, and I could hear everything that he was doing, too. So there was, like, just kind of an understanding that, like, it's like, okay, I got to work from this time to this time before he gets home. And and also all the incredible musicians I met in New York really had a big a big effect on, like, it was so inspiring to, like, work around, like, um, people like DJ Swisher or like Kush Jones, all the House of Altar people. yeah, they had a huge influence on my music, just seeing the way they worked, seeing their studios. And if I hadn't moved to New York, I would have never met them. so
0: when, when since' you're, you're back in Ontario now right? I'm, I'm, I'm actually
1: south. Of, I'm in like Silicon
0: Valley, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. I lost my apartment in New York because I thought that I was gonna be on tour, but obviously that didn't happen, so I gave up my apartment, couldn't find another apartment, and so my partner and I drove to be with his family um, in Redwood City.
0: What is the vibe like there? What, how, how does that, has that kind of ease the tension a little bit? Do you feel more, more relaxed now than you were in New York?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like very suburban, I'm in like a little suburban bubble, and everybody's very well behaved and considerate. And it's yeah, it it's nice. It's very chill.
0: With the album, after all you you've been through um, and the accolades you received, do you still feel anxious with a with new music coming out and how people will receive it?
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm very anxious. I'm excited. I really want people to to hear it, but um, yeah, of course, I would be lying if I said like I don't. I'm not anxious, or I don't care. Like, yeah, definitely care.
0: <laughs> well, I'm excited for the album, and I'm sure a lot of other people are. So, oh, thank you. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I'll let you go back to your yeah, beautiful little you. cabin situation you've got you got going on there. And uh well, yeah. Your are a tree house. <laughs> We're tree house. Cool. Thanks so much, Jordan. Absolutely. Talk to you later. It,
1: okay, Bye-bye. have a good one. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. It's Real with Jordan Edwards. It's presented by pop Dust. Go to popdust.com for the latest in pop culture, music, and entertainment. And you can find me at jordanedwardsstudio.com or on Instagram at jordanedwardsstudio.